Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, uh, Jerry Gibson, and today we're really happy to have uh, Mathieu Castagnier, uh, the current world number 27, longtime member of the French national team. And uh, we have a really interesting uh, conversation. Uh, Mathieu has uh, had many big wins over the years, including several over world number ones. And we talk, take a look back at some of those uh, career-defining moments for him. Uh, he's had some, uh, I think he had his first big win in Montreal uh, back in 2014, and he followed that up with a win at Canary Wharf, and we talk about those uh, those uh, big wins on his resume. And uh, then we take a look at the uh, 2019 World Teams, which uh, wrapped up just towards the end of uh, last year, and that also brought with it the the amazing uh, return of Gregory uh, Gaultier. Uh, we might you might all remember uh, uh, him returning at that event and the, and his big uh, big match against England, and he's uh, since then uh, come back and been playing really really well. And Mathieu does an incredible job of explaining the greatness that. That is uh, the French general, and uh, he describes the work ethic that uh, that Gregory put in uh, leading up to uh, that event, and the, and the work ethic I'm sure that he always puts in uh, each and every day to be uh, the great squash player that he is. That he is. And uh, we also talk about uh, several other things, including um, the. The promising uh, position that French squash is in right now in terms of both uh, the men's and women's side and what it's like to be uh, uh, ha having their training center where everyone plays in Aix-en-Provence and much, much more. So uh, enjoy this podcast with Mathieu Castanet, episode 122 of the In Squash podcast. So, so you are in Dubai? I'm in Dubai and I know uh, that was a big... Um, a big uh, time for you. That was your first Super Series uh, final, right? Yeah, I remember that was uh, maybe yeah. one of the biggest memories I have on the PSA World Tour. <laughs> yeah, that, was that at the uh, the Opera House? Uh, uh, that was the first the, the first uh, year in Dubai. Uh, I think it was wasn't in the building. It was in front of the oh, of in the, front of the, um, the tower, the Burj Khalifa. Okay, the tower, yeah, Burj yeah. Khalifa, yeah. Okay, yeah. How was that? That was something that they breathed, they breathed around. I can't remember. I mean, like, and that that wasn't at the opera. That wasn't at the opera. The opera was in 2017, and then. Uh, 2017. No, yeah, I, I went there on the 2016. Right, right. But how was uh, playing in front of the uh, the Burj Khalifa? I mean, uh, that was amazing. I mean, it's like uh, the same feeling like uh, when you're in uh, at the Grand Central Station of New York or or in front of the pyramids in Egypt. It's uh, always uh, always fun for us. I mean, it just uh, I don't think you can find a lot of sports. Uh, uh, I mean, it's only in squash we can we can see that situation happen. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the beauty of our sport, isn't it? Uh, you can set yeah. up that court. Uh, just about anywhere so uh, yeah of course of course yeah and um, I mean were you for people who haven't been to Dubai I mean obviously it's a it's quite a spectacle but one of the things that really strikes me uh, you know I notice it a lot is uh, really how uh, how diverse uh, it is here like the so many people from around the world yeah. actually live uh, in Dubai mm -mm, yeah of course mm -mm. How long, how long have you been to, uh, in Dubai now? Uh, I've been here since uh, 2007. Oh, so it's, it's, it's 
this has been a while. That's been a while. Yeah, my I have uh, like you. I've got well. I have two daughters. You you said you have a daughter. Um, yeah, I have only one daughter. She's okay. three months now. <laughs> three months. Oh, okay. well, yeah. These are the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know in my own little mini squash world that I have. Uh, I mean, um, when my daughter was that age, uh, I actually won a couple of big big events for me. I, I won okay. an open that year. Uh, that she was born so uh, it was she was three months and I did a lot of tra I brought her with me uh, when I did my uh, training and stuff so it might bode well for you Matthew okay <laughs> so yeah give give me your luck of course I will yes yeah the luck of uh, I think you, you see that if, uh, around on the tour as well maybe uh, you know Simon Rosner had some decent uh, results after his uh, child was born. Yeah, I think uh, a year ago now. I think yeah. he's he's one year one year old now. Yeah. Uh, Rafael Kondra had uh, had a had a girl, a little girl as well. Right. Uh, so it's uh, they, they are we are all from the same generation. Uh, we are over thirty years old. So I think that was the perfect time for us to get a to get a child. Of course, of course. That's great. Well, congratulations. What what's her name? Uh, so Mylis, she calls Mylis. It's a French name. It's not easy uh, for people. Uh, Mylis, yes. Well, Mylis, I come from yes. Canada, so I, I should be able to speak uh, a little bit of French, but I'm ashamed uh, to say that. Because you uh, are from Quebec? You are from Montreal? I'm No, I'm from Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, Halifax. which is about, you might remember the Blue Nose uh, Classic tournament. Uh, yeah, I remember that tournament, yeah. yeah. yeah Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't play that tournament, but uh, they stopped, huh? The sponsor stopped, huh? Yeah, the sponsor oh. stopped, unfortunately. Um, they they wanted, they they could have continued on with the lower, you know, five 5K events, but I think the, mm. the organizers... Uh, we're too keen on doing that. But, you don't uh, make any sense to let the tournament going with 5K, eh? especially when you you organize some big big event like 50,000 or something like that. You know? That's right. Yeah, that that's how they felt. So I think that's why they they stopped uh, that event. But um, <clears throat> so you've, you're heading to Toronto uh, in a couple of weeks, Matthew. That that's fantastic. Uh, Toronto's a great city. It's going to be a little bit cold there, but uh, uh, the weather should be warming up a little bit in late February. So I think okay. you're playing the winner of uh, uh, Alan Klein and uh, Aslan. Yeah, yeah, Aslan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you obviously played uh, Alan a few times, but uh, uh, how about Aslan? Either of those two guys, are you familiar with, with them? So um, I never played Taya Aslan, to be honest. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be the first time I will watch him play. Okay. Uh, I know he's uh, a tough player. I mean, when you are qualified in the big head and like at Toronto, of course you are like a, a, a tough, tough opponent. Uh, but Alan Klein, I know him pretty well. He came to my house um, two or three years ago with his wife. Um, his wife, Olivia. Then, yeah, Olivia Blatchford yes, yeah. playing now. <laughs> so <laughs> we spend a lot of time together. Uh, he's a nice guy, he's really fair. He, um, I mean, it's always been a nightmare to play him because he's a fighter. Yeah. He's, um, he's well, both, both of you guys play that game, Scotland. don't you? Of course. He's from <laughs> Scotland. So the Scot yeah, the Scottish are known for their, for their fighting. Uh, because they 
So, so now, anyway, um, if asked to play Tayab or Alan, it's going to be tough, especially now because um, I'm not top 10 in the world, so I'm ranked top 30, and uh, I try to do my best to keep the shape, you know, to have a good shape. And, uh, and we're going to play in Warm Cup as well. Uh, we play at the Cambridge cl uh, Club. Cambridge have Club, you been yeah. there? Have you been there before? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a great facility. Uh, I think it was. I think Dean Brown is he? He was the the pro. Uh, I can't even. I can't remember. But I've been there once for yeah. the Cambridge Cup with Sherry Razik when he used to organize an exhibition. Okay. Event. Yeah. And uh, and, and Canadian uh, Canadian legend Shahir Razik. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Canadian legend. Of course. Yes. Um, so they invite me for the exhibition with uh, the other players in 2016. And uh, and uh, I think it was um, a few members from the clubs uh, make that exhibition possible. But uh, I think two years ago they decided to organize a PSA event. That's, um, yeah, that that's really good because Toronto is such a. I mean, it, it's our you know it's our most popular city. It's our our economic uh, capital, and there's a. It's a great down. It's got a great real electrifying uh, vibe in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And uh, the the thing is, uh, the first uh, first round or the first two round, we have to play in different clubs. It's not easy because we have to practice in uh, in one court, play the first round, and if you reach the second round, you have to move again and train, practice in the, that different court. So, so we'll see um, how it can happen. And uh, but I know the tournament because I've been there once. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, good luck in that match. I hope you do well. Um, do you, you know the other uh, venues at all? Would it be the Toronto? Would it be the Badminton Club? Uh, let me check because I'm online. I think it's uh, Toronto Athletic Club. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there is a club 30 minutes away from Toronto. It's where my friend Baptiste Mazotti from France uh, okay. will play and yeah. Lucas Serm. Um, so I think they organize the tournaments in four different clubs. I think if I remember, four different clubs. Okay. And then uh, from the quarters or from the second round, it's gonna be at the at the Cambridge Club. Right. Okay. Now you're you're familiar uh, with Canada. I, I think you've got a, a fond memory. I think maybe your biggest win. Correct me. Your first very significant uh, win might have been yeah. in uh, Canada. Is that, am I uh, in correct? In Montreal? Of course, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what do you remember about that, uh, about that one? That was, a 20, that was in 2014, and uh, what a fantastic mm -hmm. city uh, Montreal is. It was in, um, I remember, the, it was at the Furlong Stadium, the, the old uh, ice hockey stadium of Montreal. Okay. And uh, yeah. and they put the glass court inside that stadium. Ah. So so now it's not an ice hockey stadium anymore. It's uh, there is a bowling and pool and and uh, and and they put a glass court uh, inside the building. That was in. Uh, okay, that must have been amazing then. If I from stadium, I think. Heard about that stadium? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's a legendary. Uh, I mean, all the. All the, the Montreal Canadiens won all the Stanley Cups, the, the big trophy, the, the, the hockey's greatest prize 
in that uh, in that stadium. the uh, the forum yeah. in Mo- the forum in Montreal is where oh, the Catherine, uh, you know. Yeah, that's where they won all the, the, the Stanley Cups, the biggest prize in ice hockey. And they had probably the, one yeah. of the greatest ice hockey teams in the history of uh, sport. So you played in that stadium. So that, that was your first big win. But then back in, uh, in, I guess, a few years later is where you really kind of broke through. In, uh, in 2015, you broke into uh, the, the top 10 for the first time. And then also in 2016, you got your biggest win at the Canary Wharf uh, Classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So how how uh, what were those years like for you? What uh, they I guess they you would have considered yourself in, in your prime at that time. I mean, I didn't expect to uh, to be top ten in the world at that time. I mean, um, the things came quite fast. Uh, I remember a tournament in uh, in Manchester at the British Grand Prix. When I beat uh, Mohamed El Shabagi when he was ranked world number one, yeah, uh, and I think that was that match was the key, and uh, that match opened eyes for the future. Yeah, of course, Mohamed El Shabagi on that match wasn't at, at his best because I think like uh, two or three weeks later he lost against Rami Ashu in Qatar for the World Open title in, in five. Yes, so he were he was a bit like disappointed and uh, I think I think that was the, per- the perfect time for me to 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 play him and beat him for, of course absolutely but uh, that, that's not the only uh, big win you've had you've had wins over just about everybody up there including uh, Nick Matthew uh, uh, that, Nick that Matthew mu- at the World Series Finals yeah 2-1 two, two, yeah uh, I think only three or four players in the world I, I, I never beat uh, like uh, Gauthier, uh, Rami Ashur, because I, I cannot say I beat him because he uh, unfortunately got a, he got injured against me at the U.S. Open. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I never beat Shabana. Uh, I never had the chance to beat uh, uh, to beat. Uh, let me remember uh, Karim Darish, but he retired right. uh, when I when I wasn't ranked top ten. Uh, so he had quite a few players. Uh, I, I never beat. Uh, I, I think I, I was I was a player's uh, rank between six and ten. But my level, I mean, I couldn't expect to be top five because except Mohamed El Shobagi or Nick Matthew. I mean, on ten matches, I only beat once that 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 person. You know. Right, <laughs> right, right. But still, so, I mean, uh, you, you must be—it must be something you're very proud of to say that you you have victories over these uh, guys who are world I, number one. I cannot say I'm no, no. I think I think I had the chance to be five in the world. Yeah, it's um, I had my chance. Uh, remember the British Open 2016. Uh, I think Remy Ashur played against Ryan Kuskeli. And uh, and he, he he was struggling a lot with his hamstring and uh, and uh, and I think uh, if I remember uh, Ryan got match balls yeah Ram, and I think if Remy had won that match I will reach the number five slot run right I think right so but Remy was like so strong and he and he saved a seven match ball and he won in five. <laughs> right <laughs> of course <laughs> of course Conse- he... consequences consequences of the life <laughs> yeah absolutely now uh now the toronto event uh, is coming up but uh 2020 got started uh, obviously a, a little while ago how 
how uh, how's your squash been, and what have you been doing uh, in terms of uh, your squash since uh, the new year started? Have you been just relaxing, letting the body uh, recover a little bit, or have you been playing much? So break after the terminal junction for ten days, yeah, and then I came back on the court uh, two three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and uh, I did a lot of on the bike. Uh, I did uh, some weight session as well, and. Um, I'm, I've, I've been coached by Renan Levin, yes. so he's coaching me uh, every week. Uh, so and we are lucky. For example, this week Gregory Gauthier is in Aix-en-Provence, so I can train with him. Oh, brilliant! And so okay. with Baptiste Mazotti, yeah, and Baptiste Mazotti is playing the 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 Toronto Cup, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. So we have the chance to practice with some strong opponents, and uh, and I can compare my level and uh, I can see who I am who I, who I am you know if I'm compared to Greg or compared to Baptiste I can I can have the the feeling if I'm in a good shape or not you know what I mean yeah so yeah. Um, that's it's a, that that is great so in general we we train we did a we we do the training physical session in the morning Mm-hmm. And then during the afternoon, we all train together. We do uh, routines like squash all together, matches. Yeah. So, and we train from Monday to Friday, and, and we have two days off, Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, you need the time off, uh, especially when, when you have a young family, don't you? Yeah, of course. So now it's a bit different. I have a day off during the week because I'm taking care of my, of my daughter. Right on. And she, she's asleep. Is she still sleeping, and, Matthew? Uh, <laughs> we haven't uh, woken her up yet, have we? She's playing a bit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's waiting for the meal. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. Now, now uh, I mean, it's a, it must be a luxury now. I was going to ask you this later. I mean, French squash. Um, well, just take, take a look back at uh, the 2019 World Team Championships. You mentioned... Gregory Galche, and that was more or less his return to uh, the highest levels of the game. And I, I actually got him on my podcast the day he arrived in Washington. And I'll tell you, man, he he was pumped. Uh, I mean, you know, Greg's always pumped, but uh, he was really pumped. And uh, to be honest, what, that Greg is, uh, is this guy is is uh, he's not he's not human. I mean, he's uh, thirty seven years. Years old, yeah. Uh, he had a fatigue. He had a fatigue fractures on, the, on his on his knee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine uh, to leave that situation. You won the World Open. You have your one number one. You won all the Super Series events. You have been a legend. So you you have been into the top five uh, for the the past ten years, and uh, and you had this that that injury, and you stopped playing for a year or even a year and a half. And you, and he's still angry. He's still angry to go back at his best, and he's still angry to be back into the top ten. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's like uh, like a teenager, like uh, like a junior who just starting playing on the PSA World Tour. So that just makes me like, uh, wow. That's inspiring, yeah. isn't it? Really yeah, inspiring. It's inspiring. Yeah, he loves playing squash. Love. He loves. He, um, he loves competing. Uh, sh- Campaigning, love sharing emotion with the yeah. with the crowd and all his fans and well, that's and, uh, uh, that's what I love so much about uh, Gregory. I mean, uh, not to mention he's just such a talented guy. But uh, 
he really brings a, an energy and a, and a the real entertainment value when he's on the court. It's unlike anyone on the tour, isn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, he's, um, I mean, he was, yeah, yeah, but Greg, no, it's just like, um, that guy is really crazy, to be honest. I mean, um, I mean, uh, when, he, when he was injured, after his second surgery, he was training more than us. Mm, more than you. So much, yeah, but that all the players at the French Institute, I mean, he did like five or six hours of re-education, rehabilitation, physios, uh, exercise. And I mean, if I, if I can compare to me, I trained two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, and he, 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 was, he was at the institute after me, you know? Yeah. He came before me and he left after me. Yeah. And, and, and he was injured. So that's, that that's, is crazy. I mean, that speaks, yeah, that speaks to his greatness, doesn't it? This guy is so ambitious. He's getting better day after day. Better, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, in his most recent performances, even in the loss to uh, Mustafa Saul, I mean, he, he looked like a junior out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, of course, of course. I mean, I mean, uh, obviously, you guys, uh, you probably wish you could have had uh, had the matches back against uh, against England. But uh, what yeah. was it like to see uh, Greg go out there and uh, and uh, play the way he did in such a big match against uh, James? James, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, he wasn't happy. To lose against Iker, but uh, the team did a great. Oh, for sure. I'm championship in Gregory won. So we were at the quarters in Washington. So that was something like great to see Gregoire and me win. And uh, unfortunately, Greg lost. So that was a revenge yeah, for Greg. Yeah, how, how was that? How, how did Greg. Re- I'm just wondering, how did Greg react after that match? Because he came back the next in the next match and just played incredibly. I mean, to be, I don't, I, I can't really explain. I mean, he was like, he wasn't happy, of course. He wasn't happy. <laughs> right, yeah. But he wasn't happy to lose, but he was happy to share that event with us. Oh, and, sure, um, yeah. and so we wasn't sure, uh, we weren't sure to see him play in a semi-final against England. Yeah. We will, uh, because he had a tough battle against Ikeri. They play over an hour. That wasn't easy to, um, I mean, that wasn't easy to... Um, Overcome. Yeah, because yeah. we have seen him against Ikeri struggling, you know. He, he couldn't, he didn't move really well against Ikeri. So we, we couldn't expect him, see him move better against James, you know. So did he did he come to you and say he wanted to play? Yeah, he said I want I want to play and uh, I I will feel I will feel better tomorrow, guys. Is what he said. Yeah. So so, so you can't say no. You can <laughs> no, the only thing you can say is to trust on him. You know, he yeah. he, he knows him really well, and uh, and I mean uh, he has so much experience on the tour and. Uh, and I think uh, the other players have so much respect uh, to him, you know. So he can yeah. make the difference with the with the respect you can see between between him and the other players. And James is from the same generation of Greg. He's he's not a good mover as well. Right. So that was maybe the the best opponents for Greg at that time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and Greg Greg was uh, I mean he was playing. His shots were unbelievable, unbelievable, yeah. and he was moving really well. Really well so, 
uh, I mean, it was a great, it was great to watch and great to have him uh, back on the court. Now, um, yeah, it was great, great to see. Yeah, and unfortunately, Grégoire lost three two against Adrian. Yeah, and that was a close was, one. Uh, that was a close one. He didn't start really well. He he came back from two left down. So uh, of course, uh, the fifth game is that tight. And me, uh, when I played Declan, uh, I didn't expect him play like that. Yeah, he just surprised you, me. You've I, had I, you had uh, success against Declan in the past, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't lose. I, I didn't lose against him. And we had a good match in Nantes mm. in September, and yeah. I beat him. And uh, I didn't expect him to to play on that level because he didn't start the season pretty well. He didn't. The, the first match he won from September. Uh, was in Qatar and he won 3-2 against Vikram from India. Right. So he wasn't he wasn't confident. Uh, he he went down from the first from the number one slot of the England ranking to number four. So of course when I when I when I went on when I went on court and I I said I'm not going to lose against Zikland. Right. And, right. I'm, I, and I, I had my tech. I had a game plan against him, and um, it's got to be I mean, uh, it's got to be tricky against him, I guess, uh, because he he sort of does move reasonably well for a guy that that big, doesn't he? I mean, he was he was ready for the he was ready for that match, and that was the yeah. most important match we had together, and that made me like uh, so like uh, so di- like I was so disappointed. I mean. He, he he was ready for that match, and I wasn't because maybe I I don't know maybe I was too confident. Well, he uh, he probably game. like like you mentioned earlier, he probably uh, felt he had something to prove to his team, didn't he? Of course, yeah. Yeah. He has he had nothing to lose and something to prove, and yeah. uh, and that was maybe the his first or second time with like with his uh, English England shirt, and uh, he had all. He had his country behind him, and he's younger than me. So I mean, he was flying. He was flying, and everything yeah. he did on that day was right. It was the right shot to do, and uh, I mean, and uh, I couldn't like I couldn't even find uh, a solution. Mm. He was like he was killing me. He chopped me, and yeah. uh, <laughs> so that was no, but that was terrible for me. Terrible yeah. because I used to be a fighter, and I used to. Uh, even when I was two up down, I always found I found a strategy to just come back. But on that day, I couldn't find anything. Mm. I mean, it was too strong. Yeah, too strong. it was just one of, just one of those days, I guess. The only thing who uh, make me like uh, feel better it's when I've seen him playing against Gawad the next day. When I've seen the match against Gawad the next day, and he should have won that match. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, went, uh, it was tiebreaker in the fifth. Yeah, it was yeah. a tiebreaker yeah. in the fifth, but he had a, yeah, I think he was 9-6 up in the fourth, and he had a stroke. And the, the well, He was obviously playing really well. To win in four, but yeah. Gawad, yeah. And that made me like feel, feel better because... Uh, uh, I mean, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't even, I couldn't sleep after the match I had against him. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. if I compare with the match I had against Whitstop in at the European Team Championship in 20, uh, 2018, uh, that was different consequences. Hmm. I was over the moon, and he wasn't on the court, and I, I beat James like maybe 11, 4, 3, and five. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and that day I was too strong for him. And 
I was in the same situation that James in Washington against Dickens. Yeah, yeah. Role reversal that's, there. Yeah, part of the life of the game as well. Part of yeah, that's part of the game, part of the life of the game. But uh, I mean, you've had a you've had a great career up until now, and you've seen uh, France. Uh, you've played for France for many years, and what mm-hmm. it's just in my opinion right now, French squash uh, hasn't looked any more promising. I mean, you've got you've got Gregory, you've got yourself, you've got Gregoire Marsh, Lucas Serm, Baptiste Massoud. Uh, Victor Croix, uh, and the list goes on. Uh, how proud of, are you of the the current situation of the French uh, men's squash team and women? Obviously, the women winning the uh, European uh, women's team championships. So French squash really uh, looking good for the future. Yeah, of course. I'm I can I'm proud of uh, of uh, what uh, what uh, achieved the French team uh, in the women's and men's. I mean, uh, we are we we reached the finals of the European team championship the past 15 or 20 years, except two or three times we lost mm-hmm. in the semis, and so we are still into the top three in the, in the Europe Europe's ranking. We are. We got the bronze medal in Washington, the women's uh, breakthrough the, the, for the first time, the England teams. So I think it's not a really popular game in, in, in France, squash, not on, on TV in France. But I think the federation and um, make a, a good job. Because, you know, like at the moment, all the men's and all the women's train in one institute. So we are all together. And every day you can find the sparring partners to train with. Is that in Aix-en-Provence? Uh, That's where you're living, right? Aix-en-Provence. Yeah. That, that, that right. Mm. So you, every day you can find a players, a stronger players to train with. And, mm. uh, and we have a physical trainer. Uh, we have a, 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 a mental, mental coach, like a, a trainer. We have a technical, tactical trainer coaches, like Renan Lavigne and, they share experience and and of course like we have a difference of age like Gregory is 37 so he will retire I'm 33 and you've got Gregoire he's early 30s or late 20s well, when a junior comes to the French team he can share the experience with Greg Gregory he can share the experience with Gregoire and me and he's, he he learn from that and then when he's ready to, to, to go on a court and play for, for the country, he can, he can you know, like, uh, use that experience he share with Gauthier and the other players. Yeah, I, I've, uh, one guy uh, I'm really impressed with is uh, Victor Coin. I mean, he's only played, he plays, as you know, uh, uh, most for Harvard uh, there, so we don't really get to see him all that much, but the, the few times he's played on, on, in PSA events, he's been very, uh, very impressive. Yeah, he's fair with the other players. He doesn't care to play, uh, I don't know, Mohamed El Shabagi. Yeah. And I think that is uh, one of his strengths. These he, uh, guys will respect a lot the players, the squash community, but when he's on the court, he thinks he's going to win. Yeah. And that makes a difference uh, with sometimes with some kind of players who respect too much the top. top yeah, that's the kind of, uh, that's a championship uh, mentality, isn't it? I mean, you see a guy, for example, like Mustafa Asal or when, when Rami uh, first emerged, when all the, these top guys first emerged, most of them just sort of went out there and tried to win right away. Yeah. 
like Mustafa, he say uh, he had an interview after the before the match against Gauthier, and he said, "I'm a big fan of Gauthier. Uh, I watch him play since I'm five, six years old, and have so much respect to uh, to him and blah blah blah." But he won. He won the match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it didn't. Uh, so, he didn't. Uh, he didn't care once he got on court. There were there were no friends. Yeah. yeah. When when he's on court, he just uh, put put like press the button on, and he goes for the win. He he doesn't care. He's playing the world number one, the non- world number one hundred. If anyway, uh, he, he just want to win, and that makes the difference uh, because you you are confident, and uh, and uh, it's not a question of to be too respectful it's just a question even if the opponent you play is strong and had good career of course you have to respect him but you have to beat him first yeah you have a lot i mean uh, i've seen you play several times matthew and uh, in my estimation you you have a a bit of that in in your game as well um you mean about no, my... uh, just in terms of you know you get on court and it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, you you could end up winning it. You could end up winning that match, or uh, or you, you. I mean, you you could end up beating Mohamed El Sherbagi, or you might lose to uh, a guy might be a little bit lower than you in the rankings. So in that way, uh, you're a little bit unpredictable. But at the same time, you you can beat the guys that you're not expected to beat. But to be honest, when I was 18 years old, uh, I was the this kind of players who had too much respect to the top guys. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's when I start to... Uh, I, I love playing squash, you know, since I'm three years old, I'm playing squash. And I always fought on the squash court. I, I love, like, you know, all the effort you, you have to do to reach the ball and blah, blah, blah. I mean, as you say, I starting to learn from that. Like when I was ranked 50 and in the world with the coaches I had at that time, I starting to learn to do not respect anymore the top guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you respect them too much, you can't be them. And you can't be at the top. Now, Matthew, uh, just uh, before you go, uh, you've been great with your time. I just wanted to, uh, as I was preparing for the for talking to you today. Uh, I posted on uh, the Squash Stories on uh, Facebook uh, a GIF. Yeah. Is that what you call it, a GIF? Yeah, I think you have the, uh, if I were to search for Squash GIF, your GIF, uh, you're the only one that shows up here. You're an incredible uh, winning point against Daryl Selby. Yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah uh, remember, well, you, uh, you know what a GIF is, right? Yeah. It was all. I mean, had had he stepped back and gotten back to the tee, he, he might have been okay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, uh, I I had a tough match against Ali Farag the first one. I won a three two. Okay. In a, an hour and a half, I saved uh, maybe four match ball, and uh, so I was really tired. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And I didn't get a, a day off. I played stressed Darryl Selby. Right. So I was two, two love up. He came back to 2-1, and I started feeling tired at 7-5 after me. And I knew if it was going to 5, I will probably lose because I was really, really tired. Right. So I remember when we played that rally, uh, he did a, a really good flick. Yeah, he's good he at those. The right. I was going on the right, the ball was going on the left. So the only thing uh, uh, with the adrenaline and uh, and all... All I told you, like, 
question of I'm gonna get I'm gonna be tired. I don't want to play a five ga- uh, five games. I just dive. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, I got lucky because when I pick up when I retrieve uh, the, the 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 shots, I mean uh, that really couldn't like couldn't smash the next shot. He couldn't like he could have finished the rallies, you know, because I was on the floor. So yeah. he just he just like pushed the ball, but. He, he was, he was being a gentleman, maybe. Yeah, maybe he was too, too like too clever. I mean, too too nice. Yeah. So he just pushed the ball, and he gave me the opportunity to to stand up and run and pick up the shots, <laughs> and 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 he got surprised. He got surprised from that, and oh, I yeah. think I think the videos like has been like. Uh, famous and the squad community. Famous, oh, very famous. It's, yeah. it's a lo- it's a lot of consequences. Like the 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 my dive, my retrieval, but uh, the Daryl reaction as well, and Joey reaction as well. That I think that that all these things make that video famous. It's not yeah. only my retrieval. It's like the the story of that point. Absolutely, and you could learn. You can learn a lot from that video. I mean, just never give up, never never think the rally's over. And, and uh, when I won that rally, uh, I think I lost three 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 rallies in a row after that because I was really uh, <laughs> okay. tired. Yeah. And and uh, that wasn't my side. I won. I won the game. So that you won great. the game. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was fantastic. Uh, uh, that went viral, and and now it's uh, now it's a squash uh, uh, gif. So, um, Matthew, uh, you've been really. Uh, it was really great talking to you, and thanks uh, for your patience thanks for, for that as well. And I hope you understand me because I'm not a. I'm not uh, my English is not the best, but I oh, your English like is great. No, no, I'm Canadian. You know, uh, you're you're we're brothers. You know, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> all the best in Toronto, Matthew. Thank you, and all all the best to you. And maybe I will see you uh, in Dubai or somewhere else in Canada. Maybe I don't know. That'd be great. Take care. See you, Jerry. Well, thanks uh, to Matthew for that, and uh, just wish him all the best at the Canada Cup. Uh, that'll be his next event, I believe, and that's uh, late February, February 21st. I think it kicks off, so all the best to him uh, in that event. Really enjoyed uh, chatting with him uh, on episode 122. And everybody, I uh, just want to thank you. I hope you're uh, enjoying your squash these days. Uh, I'll be playing. Uh, not. To, I'm going to take a day off uh, tomorrow, but I'll be playing again on Thursday. Looking forward to that. And uh, also looking forward to a couple of more podcasts uh, coming up. I won't jinx uh, the names. I don't like to do that because a few times that I have uh, things kind of fell through, I announced. But with any luck, by the end of the week, we'll have a couple of more really, really good uh, podcasts like the one we had today and our uh, most recent one prior to Matthew, which was uh, John Mazzarella. A lot of people in, seem to enjoy that one. I know I did. And uh, so at any rate, uh, please share these podcasts with your friends and rate them on uh, whatever app you're using, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, what have you. Uh, and don't hesitate to uh, contact me on uh, social media. You can, uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Just tell me what you think. And if you have any uh, ideas for future uh, podcasts, by all means, let me know what you think. And uh, everyone have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye now.